24 hours a day, seven days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Completely talent! Completely talent! Welcome everybody to Damage Radio. We're heard here live on MonkaRadio.com where music reminds me. Y'all already know me. I'm RC alongside Matt, the Ultimate Kiss fan, Porter. And Porter, we are not alone, man. Well, not only is it Halloween right around the corner, but we got our first guest here, actually brand new to the professional wrestling business, the one and only training up in SWO, I believe in New York, PA, um, the one and only Tom Chakobi. Tom, welcome to Damage Radio, man. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Definitely. And you're not alone, too. You brought someone special today. Yeah, I brought a special guest here. I brought my daughter, Milana. She is uh, new to the wrestling world. She's interested in training. Hopefully, going to get her first day in tomorrow, do some bumps, do some rolls, you know. So, she wanted to come check out the behind-the-scenes action. Milana, are there any nervousness, uh, goosebumps? Talk about it. I don't know. I'm nervous, but there's certain things that I kind of know. I did a little bit of wrestling at school. But eh, it is what it is. You learn. Awesome. Now, um, live that mic wasn't working. Awesome. So, like, uh, are you interested in trying to do uh, managing and or valet and like, anything like that? Uh, I don't really know. Awesome. I'm just gonna kind of roll with the punches and see where it goes. <laughs> roll that's with all. The punches. That's all you can do in professional <laughs> wrestling. Trust me. We got our first caller. Damage Radio. Who's on the line? This is Arthur the Bullet Litman. Bullet. What's going on, man? Great to hear from you. Yeah, sorry about that. I couldn't listen to it the last couple weeks from last month, I think. Uh, so, how's everything up in Quakertown? Quakertown was amazing on Saturday. We had a show top to bottom, Ring of Horror. We were, we were going to talk about it later, but we could talk about it right now. We had a Caribbean Cool, Carlito, and the Masterpiece, who's, I, I think he's still the Masterpiece in a way. You know, Chris Masters. I think it was an amazing show that Dino Pisano put on. Oh, my gosh. First thing, it looks like Carlito ate the old Carlito. So, speaking of that, um... The spooky wrestlers like Definitely. The Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, like in Halloween, October. Definitely, Bullet. Yeah, um, yeah, we had a whole bunch of we had Dog Nation versus Chris Masters and Carlito. We had a whole bunch of others on, on the show. And, uh, yeah, from top to bottom, Dino put on an excellent card. Uh, a lot of fans in the, in the studio and uh, audience. And, uh, yeah, Tommy, talk about that too, man. Oh, it, it was a great show through and through. I mean, like I said, Carlito looked twice the size I remember him, you know, back in WWE days. Yeah. Chris Masters still, I mean, he is the masterpiece. And I was nervous. I didn't know how they would be coming into it. You know, big stars, Quaker Town, like, oh, they're wrestling on a flea market. No, those guys came in. They were personable. They shook hands with everybody, gave a great match. Dog Nation, which is, you know, two SWO guys that are always going out there, putting on a phenomenal show. They were nothing but excited. They discussed the match, and honestly, it went real well. I love the setup. I love everything. But the undercards on that, too, were just great. I mean, you saw some good tag team matches there. The opening hardcore match was awesome. They started the show off electric, really had the fans on the edge of the seat. I mean, it was all but sold out from the get-go, so I was, I was extremely excited. Santino did put on a phenomenal show there, and I got to give it up to him. And that guy gets there, like, early. Like, he, I got he there. Gets the, he gets it. What was it, 42 well, years? Well, now, ago? first of all, 
Um, the Quakertown Farmer's Market is the Madison Square Garden of flea market wrestling. So we'll just put it, that out there. That is important to know. But yeah, Dino Santa, I mean, you can't find somebody more dedicated to wrestling after a lifetime of promoting. Anybody who listened to the last couple of weeks heard that interview. His stretching back in time to the greats, to Bruno San Martino, to a who's who of wrestlers over the years that is just outstanding. I'm glad that you got to work with him because I'll tell you, he's somebody, he's always been good to us and he really is great for the business. I agree. I mean, he, uh, at this point in time, I'm a nobody, you know, I'm just a trainee setting up the ring and putting in aprons, but he took his time to shake his hand, introduce himself. And I was really happy to, you know, just to see somebody take that initiative and introduce himself meant a lot to me because, you know, Triple W has been, has a lot of history and it's great promotion. So it was really cool of him just to, you know, put himself out there. I was really happy to see that. Like I said, he got there like one o'clock and and like the match didn't start till seven (laughs) 30 and he's still going. The hair is still all straight and everything like it's. And um, I can't believe like he can bring former WWE superstars to the Quaker town farmers market of all things. Cause that place only holds what Matt, like maybe like a buck 50. It's got to be about 150, maybe 200. I don't know. It's not a huge room, which is another draw. If you're a wrestling fan and you want to be close to the action, you can't get much closer unless you're in the ring, which that's why that venue is so fantastic. Plus, you can walk right down the aisle and get a gyro or a giro or a gyro. How do you say that? I don't know. Or some good pizza or a burger. Kind of hungry right How now. can you beat that venue? That's very true. Right. It was absolute best. And you're right. You can't get closer to the action. I mean, when Carly just spit that apple, I'm pretty sure the front roaster had a poncho going. It was a splash area, man. I smelt the apple. Like exactly. A, yeah. Like a Gallagher concert. Not only old people are going to get that joke. <laughs> but the cool thing is you actually could go backstage, but not go backstage, but still see the wrestlers there. Like, they're all personable. They all can talk to you. Unlike, you know, going to like a paying like 40 bucks for a wrestling show. You can pay, you know, a good amount of money there and be able to meet your wrestlers at, at intermission. Yeah, I mean, where you go to go, where you get to, you know, watch wrestlers, but beforehand you can see Evan Atlas doing resistant band curls in the hallway, yes. getting ready. I know. It, it really does put a personal attitude to everything. And then it was really nice to take the time out of that busy schedule to allow kids to have a costume contest, have Wolfman judging it. Um, of course, Undertaker won that one. We right, all saw course, that coming. Yeah. That was great. Um, so I don't know. It just seems like a really good venue. I, uh, that was actually my, that would be my first time out there. So I didn't know what to expect. And, I think I picked a good match to go to because from start to finish, it was just great. And the Wolfman judging a Halloween costume, like that's just inevitable. You know, you had to have that happen. Absolutely. Now, man, I got to ask you, when was your first Triple WA show that you went to? Do you, you remember? Know, I remember when we used to go when they would be wrestling out of the VFW in um, up in uh, Sellersville or Percocy, I guess what you would call it there. And uh, those were great shows. And I remember the one time seeing Tony Atlas was there and Jules Strongbow was there. Wow. And that's why it was so funny because Tony Atlas was, you know, you, you think as a kid, you always saw Tony Atlas was a was a legend, right? And that's one of those guys. And then he's literally right there. And you're like, that's Tony Atlas or Jules Strongbow. And we were right in the front row and he, sleeper hold, got us hit the guy to wake. And then he's doing the whole kind of, you know, dance around and everything. And you're right there. So th- so that's going back. I mean, I'm an old dinosaur, but that's got to be uh, late 80s, early 90s, really? something that like that. Yeah. show? Yeah. It was, wow. I mean, that goes way back, you know, when I still had, you know, the ability to get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, 
So seeing where that was then to where it is now, Triple W, are you, are you? He's always done an amazing product. I mean, the fact is, like, you know, I, I remember even back then, you know, you're talking about bringing in Carlito or the Masterpiece, things like that. The fact to me, the fact that he had Tony Atlas. Now, obviously, at the time, Tony Atlas was not that many years removed from still being a, a guy in the WWF, right? So we were like, Tony Atlas is going to be at the VFW and you couldn't even believe it. And, and, you know, over the years I've seen a number of, you know, there was a number of big guys that came in and uh, I'm trying to think, um, Oh, who's the one guy I'm trying. I can't think I'm drawing a blank. I'm seeing his face. Um, and I can't think of that. I can't think who it was, but they used to, but the, but more important than that, and especially speaking with you that you're in the studio with us today, it was the young talent, the local talent, people that were so hungry to perform because they knew this was their shot. A lot of time you get these WWF guys, they're like you said, they're used to huge arenas, things like that. The, the most fun thing is being up close to somebody who this is their chance to show you what they can do. And that's always been my favorite thing, really, about any kind of independent wrestling, but certainly about, you know, WWWA, is you're right there. You're hearing the whack on that mat. You're seeing them sweat. You're seeing them look right into the crowd. They're having the best time ever performing for a crowd that is live and in their laps as well as they are in yours. So it's really, that's always been the most exciting thing. So I, yeah, I've been going to those shows for a long time. I remember, uh, I do remember when they would wrestle out of like, um, you know, the, the Catholic school and things like that, but I never went to that one. You know, they, I mean, Dino talked about it when he was here, you know, Lansdale Catholic, he was booking stuff into that in the eighties. Right. And I mean, I remember that, but I, so at that point that was a different high school than where I went. So I didn't go, you know, <laughs> Definitely. But that's the thing that I loved about doing damage at Zern's or Quakertown. It was the young talent. They're hungry. They have a story to tell. And they see someone with the camera and they're drawn to that. They, they want that interview where someone that's already made it, they have been interviewed already like a million times. And they don't really have anything else to say, really, as we saw at the ECW Hardcore reunion, you know, from one of, some of the big stars there. But, like, you know, we had like a J.C. Riley, who was the hardcore <laughs> champion at the time, Sexy Psycho Adrian Bliss. You know, we had so many Nigerian nightmares, rest in peace, Aaron Ganey. Like, I mean, all those hungry guys just came out there and just did what they love to do best, and that's to perform in front of a crowd. Absolutely. I, I can't agree more. And you can you can tell there's like a little more intensity when you're going to have a big big show like Carlito and Masters. It's like, oh, this is happening. Like, yeah, you know, this isn't your discovery match, but, man, you just want to put on a show because you know that's what's going to end it all. And, like I said, I can't thank Carlito and Masterpiece enough because they could have easily came out there, gave a five-minute snooze match. Eh, over no, they. I mean, they really did deliver. They they drew it out as long as they could, and I mean, they stayed out. They were real real nice with the fans right away. I mean, intermission, they signed, took pictures, signed autographs, no complaints whatsoever. You could tell they they wanted to be there. It wasn't like they were like, oh, let's just you know get our check and go. Right. So, and Dog Nation, I think can't, can't thank them enough for a great match. They were they were looking forward. To and the psychology time. of it, like they really. Had like five to seven minutes just teasing the crowd. Yeah, the a little long for a main event independent show, but like it was just it was it was perfect. Absolutely. And I think even Chris Masters and Carlito was weren't expecting that. No, not at all. I don't think they were ready for for what Dog Nation was gonna you know the theatrics, the, the everything, the build up to it. The, it was just great. And it, I mean, I from the get go, from announcing the names, Carlito correcting the announcer's yes. weight is hilarious. I mean, I loved. He grabbed the card, looked at it like no man. 
Like yeah. he lets you know, like I'm not 220. I'm bigger than that. Now. Yeah, right. Like 220. That's my 09 weight. I'm, yeah, seriously. I'm way right? bigger now. Yeah. I'm so. actually eating the apples now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Fun fact: I actually got to. I had the honor of cleaning up Carlito's bitten apple. I there you go. I was it's like, oh look at that. <laughs> Some in the pocket. You know, yeah, that, exactly. Right even near here. <laughs> Best thing you started off with the the original family, uh, the original hat guy, not not hat guy, as I know, it took me out a few times because of that. Um, and JT Cage in the hardcore match versus uh, Nico Gray. Oh. That match top to bottom and the the spot with on on the chairs Dude. on top of JT. Oh, I mean it's great in such a small venue. You hear that pop, you mm-hmm. just like oh you you can feel it and it's great. And I remember they're like oh load the chairs up. We want chairs. In. I mean how many chairs do they need? All of them. All of them was the answer, right. and it was awesome. It was a great setup. It was a great pop. Um, that's a feud that I've not witnessed before, so seeing it there was really cool, and I'm super excited to see that continue. I heard they have another pretty big one coming up here in Definitely. the near future. I'm excited to see how that Definitely. unfolds. Now, next Saturday, there's another show. Are, are you part of every show now doing Ring Crew? Or? So the the moral of the story is if they if they are using – like if, if we're going out there and the, the ring needs set up, if SWO is involved in any way, I'm out there. Okay. Now, granted, you, with my promotion, I will say this. Big shout out to SWO. They are very much family-oriented. So if I have an event with any of my daughters or anything like that, they will, like, they understand, like, hey, go do that. Don't, you know. But I try to be there as much as possible. So I definitely think, um, I don't know if I'll be out the next weekend one, but the week after. We have weekend, it looks like we have a show every weekend up until December. Wow. From what me and Wolfman were talking. So it's a lot of traveling under my belt coming up here real soon. You, you take it pretty seriously, like um, like you know, for having a family and having the support system. But this is like something that you want to pursue, pursue a career in, right? Yeah, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. Everybody has the ambitions of going as far as they possibly can with anything they do. I always, you know, tell my kids this and everything. If you're gonna do something, I don't care what it is, as long as you just try your hardest at it. You know, go at it full swing. Let it take you as far as possible. Um, that doesn't mean I think that, you know, I don't think we'd be wrestling for the E in anytime soon. Nothing like that. But I definitely, when I'm training, I'm, you know, I'm trying to go all out. I'm listening to everything. I try to absorb all knowledge because I know, you know, that time's going to come where I am going to be out in the ring. I do want to put on a good product, not just for me, but for the promotion, for my trainers, for the for my opponent as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I hope I can take this as far as possible. And, you know, my age is, I'm, I'm a little, little older to be starting for the first time, but, you know, that's, that's completely fine as long as I just, you know, listen to what's going on and, play, you know, be safe, be smart. Hopefully everything works out. And, you know, I'm going to take it as far as it's going to allow me to. Uh, I got, you know, I got to thank my wife for, like, helping me with supporting the four kids and let me drive and come home at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday because we had to be up at Quaker Town or drive two hours out here to come out and do an interview. So, you know, she's a great support. She really helps with everything. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm hoping that this takes me as far as, you know, as far as my body allows me to go, I'm willing to do. So Definitely. But, you know, with age, you get wiser. So just like Diamond Dallas Page, what, Matt, you started at 40? With age, you get wiser, but the bumps take longer to heal. Yes, very, very <laughs> true. But it was 40, right, Matt? Did he start it? He was like 35 years old, I think, right. before he really yeah. started hitting the ring. And then by the time he was in really running kind of the, of the height of his run, he was like 40 years old, Diamond Dallas Page. And I'll tell you, that guy's still in great shape. Yeah. It's all that yoga. Seriously. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that yoga is where it's at, man. That flexibility is key. You do not, I'm learning the hard way. Uh, stiffness is not the answer. I've never, <laughs> I've never been known to be a limber guy. Right. Um, all my past history of anything, I've always had to be stiff and solid. And like, so to be the opposite, it's so hard to control your mind and be like, okay, be loose, but look strong. Definitely. So it's tough, but yeah, Don Don Dallas Page, he had the answer, and he's still 
I think he could still get in the ring and do something if he wanted oh, to. Oh, he definitely could. Yeah. If you, fans out there, if you got a question or comment, call 215-619-7366. I repeat, 215-619-7366. We got Tommy Jacoby in the house uh, representing SWO. Now, for those that don't know, Tommy, uh, what inspired you to pursue professional wrestling? Yeah, so um, I, I, honestly, I've, I've watched wrestling my entire life since I was a kid up until, you know, as an adult. Uh, I can, you know, I remember, like, everybody who's in wrestling, like, having those wrestling figurines and, like, you know, wrestling around, setting up, like, your own promotions. Like, oh, this would be a cool match, watching on TV, uh, watching with my older brothers and stuff and just loving it. So, um, you know, I never really pursued it because I was always, I was always busy with other, you know, athletic football or bodybuilding or you know my work and then kids so it just never really panned out but um i me and my wife had a mutual friend of ours that uh her husband happened to be a referee for swo and i was like oh my gosh how do i you know what do i need to do how do i talk like and then it took about you know three months of convincing my wife like okay this is a smart <laughs> idea definitely let this old man take some bumps it it how, what could hurt? Everything could hurt. Actually. You had to cook dinner for three months in a row in order to get Oh, it was consistent. And that's the thing. It's kind of like when a kid asks for a puppy. I mean, I still ask for puppies too. But <laughs> when, you know, like, oh, please, can I do it now? Can I do it now? What about now? And so finally, I think after bugging her enough, she goes, well, we'll think about it. And then it just so happened that they had a tryout coming up. And I'm pretty sure my, my wife's friends and them tried to hide it from me until finally okay we might want to let him know so i'm like oh this is my time so i found my window i got in you know did the tryout and uh, i guess they didn't completely hate me because they're like you know what like if we can't use them at least we can beat them up until you know right. we get tired of them. right right they can throw you around a little bit until they figure out whether you're going to stay yeah. exactly and, look, and i will say this swo is is a class act when it comes to that stuff they they're not they're not going to sit there and just close on you for 45 minutes or just chop you until you you know until you're crying like they are very much like they understand the art of wrestling and it is cool to like like I sit back. I mean, there's sometimes where they're going over a match and I'm just like, I'm just taken back. I could sit there for hours and just watch them go through this match and how you know, it's just amazing. Kenny Andrews and all of them are just phenomenal with that kind of stuff. And I mean, you want to talk about people who like take the deepest notes possible. These guys have it down to a science. They really do. They care they like their craft is second to none. Nice. Um, so I, I really do appreciate just being able to be in the same room to listen to the matches and what's going to happen. And then, of course, then the nervousness when they ask me, okay, well, now go do this basic thing. I start going through the most intricate details possible. They go, great, now lock up. Yeah. How do I feel? But, no, I mean, it was great. I also I, – now, I did have the opportunity to be a part of SWO before I trained. Um, I happened to uh, – one of my big hobbies is I own a bunch of animals because I like driving my wife crazier than just normal people. <laughs> Why wouldn't I, right? So I happened to, um, I used to be a big into reptiles, and I happened to have an alligator as a pet. And everybody is like, what? Why would you own this? You have kids. I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? People have guard dogs. We have a guard alligator. It's completely okay. <laughs> but nonetheless, I was speaking to a wrestler. You guys might know his name, uh, Merrick Miami. Yep. And I'm like, we were talking. He's like, I would love to come out with the alligator. I'm like, that's the most Florida thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's do it. So I, you know, we talked to a Wolfman this before he even knew me. I was just a guy. And he was like, my friend has an alligator. I want to walk out with it. Grand Drew, he's only a three-foot-long alligator, so you can hold him. It's great. So I was like, let's do it. We brought the alligator. A lot of the wrestlers loved it. The fans went crazy. And that was my first, like, I guess step into 
meeting everybody and understanding it. And I think now I'm known as Gator Boy to most of the people there because they don't know me long enough to know my name yet. So Gator Boy stuck. See, I can see you teaming right now with ZZ from uh, Tough Enough. Yeah, right. The Gator yeah. Boys. Yeah, exactly. Except I don't want to be Gator Boy. No, because no. <laughs> I don't want to bring an alligator to <laughs> every show. Exactly, yeah. 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 Your bag, can't check your bag. You don't want to. You don't want to check right. that bag. No. What's in the tote? Don't worry about what's in right. the tote. It's fine. The funny thing is, uh, you talked about you know the training seminar coming up. Little does your wife know you already signed up for it before she told you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were some whispers and like you know, our friend was like, "Hey, did you hear about this? And did your wife like say it's okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, we're good." Because we're, I mean, I definitely don't you know want to upset her because she she calls the shots, man. Like. Hey, I mean, we know that we, we, we know how it goes. Exactly. Yep. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about the SWO, the history of it, as far as you know, and um, some people that actually came through there. So, I mean, so I'm actually crazy is I SWO for a place that does shows in Seven Valleys, which is like my hometown. And like, my, I mean, my brother's the assistant chief of the fire hall. They rent wow. out. Okay. So you would think I have this long, vast history of this place, right? Like, I really, I don't, I, 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 when I moved away, I never, oh, when I moved away, I just never got a chance to really pick up on it. So, um, but I, I mean, I know Wolfman now, I know Ken, I know it goes real deep, but I, heard, I think we have a caller, so I'll, yep. I'll pause it. Damage Radio, who's on the line? His wife. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm already in trouble. <laughs> you, you didn't call her, I let you know you got here in time. I didn't, oh my God. Didn't come oh, I knew that yeah, was I've it. been listening the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Damaged. Hey, Dude. well, look, shout out to you. He right? right away said, look, you gave you gave him your permission, your blessing to get in the ring. Now, look, we're all sitting here. Those of us that are married are saying, you you might be the winner of all wives. So there yep. you go. Mm. <laughs> and he can do this little training thing so long as he remembers to take out the trash. <laughs> Dumpster oh my gosh. She's, she threatened me with this call too. She says, I'm, I'm going to call and talk about taking out the trash. Well, she knows you're live, so she can say anything right now. And you oh had to say God. the right answer. I, yeah, I mean, I, I can't hide anything. Nope. You go out to eat Saturday night, right? And you're yeah. going to treat her to everything. Yep. Hey, but see, exactly. that's, this is actually a really interesting angle, and it kind of pulls the curtain way back. But as the wife of somebody who's going to get in the ring and going to take a little bit of abuse and put his body on the line, what did you? What was going through your mind when he says, "Okay, I'd like to try this"? That it might be leveraged to get him motivated to do the things I need him to do at home. <laughs> we want a little bit of a deeper answer than that, but sure, okay. No, uh, yeah, very I'd like to BS something for you, but that's it. Like <laughs> if I let him do this, then he can, and he does really good when he comes home and he's in pain, hiding it because he'll flinch if he does something wrong at practice. And I'll just give him the eyebrow, and he'll be like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, you know, mask all the injuries, because just let her know, I can still take out the trash, I can still move the couch, keep it going. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, I watched wrestling when I was little, and I don't not support it. But I don't think that it's a ridiculous dream. I think I fully support him, you know. I think that's what wives should do. They shouldn't be your whipping slave master. They're supposed to be your partner. So... We're all giving you a standing yep, ovation standing here in the studio. Way, way to give a baby face answer. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Well, you know, after I get off the phone, you can tell them that, like, we do ultimately try to live by those values. And even if I have to kick your ass once in a while. Oh, <laughs> see, now look what you did. Yep. A family <laughs> angle. Ooh, I oh. love it. Now, how do you feel about Milani um, uh, potentially pursuing this field and career? 
I mean, I supported her when she was trying to do regular wrestling in the high school field. I was the first girl to play football in high school in the 90s at my school. So, you know, I don't really shy away from things that, that other parents might shy away from. That's awesome. You know, so long as she's treated well and she's not in any actual danger, which I don't think she is. Um, I know everybody, and, and I think that, you know, she can try it. She can give it a whirl. That's awesome. You know, also hats off to you. She's got the pink and green hair now. I know my own daughter who wants different color hair and a nose ring and all this stuff. And I'm always like, now, wait a minute. I don't know. There's all kind of discussion in our house. So hats off to you on that. But it might be tough because then I have to say, well, you know, she's got the pink and green hair. And my daughter's going to go, I want pink and green hair. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, I mean, not to like give a parenting lesson or anything, but I think that hair can be changed and and letting her express her individuality in her teenage years when I'm there to watch her and monitor and pull back the reins versus being a little too hard and then when they turn 18 they just go crazy and do all this life altering stuff is really not the way that I wanted to go Um, so so she can have green hair, she can shave her head, she can whatever so long as her values and morals and most, most importantly, be kind and stand up for people who can't help themselves. If those are the two most important things that my daughter does in her lifetime. She can do whatever she wants with her hair. You wait. have all the right answers. <laughs> wait, you wait. wait. You talking about be kind and be nice, and then all you care about me is I take out the trash? <laughs> wow. Are we, what? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Please know where I stand. The H1, the family feud. You're not yeah, my child. That's right. See, there's a difference, <laughs> right? Oh. I love it. You got to come up here it. next time. Next time, Tommy, and then come up here. You got to come up here and talk to the damaged fans. We will see what we can do. <laughs> love it. Appreciate the call and uh, appreciate letting Tommy come out here. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs> that, that, that's a cool family. That, that's awesome. All dynamic, all supporting each other. And uh, you should get all of them in one room. It's it's oh. it's literally a Royal Rumble, man. It's, wow. it, it's pretty crazy. It's WrestleMania all now, day. Look, all look, day. Now look, she's not listening anymore, right? Is your mom as cool as she seemed just now? I love mom. <laughs> Good answer. She still listening. Good answer. <laughs> well, but see, I know there's a moment where she, if she hangs up her phone, she wasn't listening to the show because Believe she was talking seconds. on her phone. So right. Yeah. Then you got to yeah, put, put it the back in. Right in. in. You know that works. Exactly. Right. Smart, smart. See, they've been here before. Yeah, they've done this. Definitely, yep. You know, yeah, 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 there's only that little married, window. Yeah, right, you know, right. Yeah. You have that window yeah. to talk. But yeah. she, do, she does a great job. She's phenomenal. She does. She's really the rock of the family. She keeps us all stable. Even if it drives her insane, she tries her best. All I have to do is clean up what I can and take the trash out. Definitely. Now, was there like a match or promo that got you hooked? Oh, man. So, you know, we talked about this before, and it's, it's really hard. I can never narrow it down to one match because no real wrestling fan can pick. This was the one. So I have like three that really like spoke to me, and for different reasons. So I'm going to start with the oldest one, and that's going to be Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. I think 1983. Two of the greatest, right? Yeah, well, there's so many great matches. But it was the, uh, yeah, it was uh, the Starcade, uh, right? Million Dollar Challenge, right? Uh, Pay per view. It was phenomenal. It was technical. It was. I mean, there was. They stayed in the ring the whole time. It was like this great match. It wasn't too lengthy. It was. It was. You saw everything that you want to see in a match. I, mean, I always tell people like, you want to see like a good match of just real technical old school one on one wrestling. It was there, 
And it just shows that you don't need to go on top rope. You don't need to have these huge buff, like, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan-type guys. You got Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair. These guys have very realistic like, attitudes about them. Only the unrealistic was that curly hair that Dusty Rhodes had. It's but, the two of the greatest storytellers ever yeah, in wrestling. That, exactly. Right. That feud was there. And it, it was before social media. It was before wrestling was big, big. But you knew about it. So, I mean, that was, but was, that's also when it was great because the problem is social media kind of kills a lot of it. It kills all the mystique. It kill. Like, I think in a way it burns out the storylines too quick. You had to tune in to for that storyline to forward itself. Now it's it, Twitter and blah blah blah, and you know, and then you see too much realistic at the time. And of course, I mean that's a whole other discussion, but it's the whole kayfabe. Dusty and Flair were the best at working a storyline with nothing but what you saw on TV or what was in the magazine. You know what I mean? Because there was nothing else. Well, it's about 1983. Yeah, 19, yeah, uh, 84. 84. Yeah. So, yep. so, so we're a decade away from, wow. I tweeted out about yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it was just like you waited every, you know, week in, week out to see what is happening between these two. And right. just, like I said, when it finally unfolds, it was so big. And like I said, these are two wrestlers that literally let their persona and let their in-ring skill just tell a story. You and got it. It's great. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a cliche match. I know a lot of people will like say that because it falls in the top 10 matches of all time. No doubt about it. But There's just, a reason why it does. Exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. And it was just, so technically speaking, that's probably one of my ones where I'm like, wow, that's, that's wrestling. And then we fast forward and then I got, I, and this is one of the ones I heard watching on the way up here. And I love this one because it was just through and throughout was phenomenal was Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn, 1999 TV title match. That match, I mean, I don't know if I mean, you got ECW. Of course. Of course, it was like it gave every indie the, this is our time. Like, we can, we can keep up with these guys. And right. It was right at their peak, but they were really just going at it. And, I mean, it wasn't even a main event. It was just, it was just a match. And Jerry Lynn, Rob Van Dam, you know, I, I listened to it. I liked the refresher I had because you hear people cheering for Rob Van Dam, losing their minds. But as the match progresses, you get 10 minutes in. Now you start hearing Jerry Lynn. And then you get 10 more minutes in. It's like, oh, wait, now they're, now they're just rooting for a match. They don't even care. And I've never seen a match. I don't know. And to this day, I don't know if it was planned or whatever. But they rang that bell for a stoppage. And they're like, no, we need five more minutes to finish this match. And you could just tell, like, they wanted to give those fans just five more minutes of phenomenal, great wrestling. Now, yeah, they went outside the ring a little bit. They did a little cat and mouse here and there. Um, these guys go, you know, go go up on the top turnbuckle, do a little more acrobatics than what I just, just really talked of. But for that era, that time, that really was setting ECW up for something big. And I, I mean, like, that's what, I was always a huge fan of ECW growing up. So, you know, to watch that match, that was, you know, I was a kid, man. I was like, I want to say I was like six or seven. <laughs> and I, but, but I'm like, oh, my God, do you see this? This is so cool. So, I mean, it was just big for me. That was a big one. And then I have to say, and it's a really cliche one, but, I got to put all three of them in the Rock and Stone Cold trilogies. Of course, I think yeah. that's what sold me on like gimmick, on like backstage views. Because I had to watch that match. That was the first time I watched it. She goes, "It actually looks like these guys hate each other." I'm like, "When I was a kid, you would have believed it through and through. There was no doubt in your mind that this isn't fake. These guys really hate each other, and they want to go at it. And I mean, it was you know from promo cut to end of the match is like 40 minutes long, and I could have watched it for another 40 minutes, no problem. So I got to put all three of those in one, like, collab. to be like, that's probably where wrestling became, like, my, like, 
big deal. And it's really funny because of all three of those matches, not one of them holds any of my favorite wrestlers in it. So it's always really funny. Like, oh, well, who's your favorite wrestler? It's like, oh, none of those guys. Well, you got the Mountain Rushmore right, right there. I mean, when you think about it, certainly there's no conversation of greatest of all time that doesn't inc include Ric Flair. Well, yeah. You know, and then you're certainly going to either flip a coin, either you're an Austin guy or a Rock guy, you know. But And, I mean, obviously, look, I'd put Dusty up there, too. I mean, Dusty kind of gets left out of the conversation sometimes. Ric Flair, I think, probably the greatest of all time myself, right. so... He's absolutely up there. Once again, it, he wasn't six foot six. He wasn't muscle bound. He was just a technical wrestler with a great personality who really like sold you on. Man, he lives a billionaire lifestyle. You know that, and that's everybody loved it. Normally, you know, you hear this rich, cocky guy like, "Oh, we hate this guy." No, you love this guy. Yeah. Like you, you. This is the only guy who's going to be the elbow. Will be allowed to elbow a sports jacket, and you're going to cheer it. Like. <laughs> right. Like some of the things he did, the flop, you know, the face bumps he would take, and everything was just so theatric. But you're like, oh, this guy's great. Yeah. And here we are. He's still around, and he's had 16 last matches, and yep. every single one, you're glued into it. You right. want to watch them all because it's Ric Flair, and he's right. just, he's timeless. Well, absolutely. Add, add to that Stone Cold Rock feud, Vince McMahon. Oh my God! Yeah, one well, of the WrestleManias when he came down, 17. and he handed. Stone Cold the chair, and then that handshake in there. I, the devil himself. He just went with the devil himself. Corporate, exactly. corporate yeah. you know, version. Yeah. Oh, oh it, I mean, 10 years of feud. 10 years of just, I hate your guts. Yeah. Gone. You're like, what just happened? Also in that match, let's not forget, he, Stone Cold busted out his old school finisher mm -hmm. in that match. It just goes unnoticed because it was like, Oh, well, Rock hit him with a Stone Cold Stunner, and then he hit him with a rock bottle. It's like, dude, he brought back the old sleeper hold, man. Yeah, the old, like, he did, actually. I he, forgot he, about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm like, it just gets forgotten about. And then, yeah, the moment you hear there's no disqualification, you're like, oh, man, Stone Cold's about to tee <laughs> off with this guy. Good, right? And then Vince McMahon comes out after losing that street fight against his son, and you don't know what's going to happen, and they shake hands. And as a kid, oh, I, my, I've never had mixed emotions more in my life because I, so, I was a Stone Cold kid growing up. I was yeah. always Stone Cold. And as I grew older, I'm like, oh, maybe I like the rock more. I don't know. But either way, the moment he shook hands, I mean, my little heart just, what? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? There's no way. He's, he's got it. No, he's, he's going to start on him right now. He's never drank beer with him without giving him a stunner. There's no. And, and it was over. And you just didn't know what to do. Right. I lost sleep that night. Right. <laughs> See, that's how I was, though, too. Was it WrestleMania 7, Warrior versus Hogan? <gasps> I believe when, when, uh, when Hogan lost. And Warrior won both titles. Six, six, yeah, the, yeah. I, when he lost as a little kid, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Like the vitamins, I threw my vitamins. I'm like, "I'm not taking vitamins anymore." I can't believe the Ultimate Warrior. But they were also two faces at the time, right. which was which, the I think the thing you don't see that much anymore to have the two biggest good guys in the company battling each other. That was crazy. I mean, you got to go back. Obviously, it's a bunch of years. It was a different time, but, right? You know. And two of the guys you mentioned off air, um, Rick Rude and Macho Man Randy Savage. What about those two drawing an interest to you? And have you studied their matches, of course? So I will, like, as, you, as I told you before, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ravishing Rick Rude, probably my two top favorites. I also have to honestly mention Tommy Dreamer and Raven as well, because never exclude ECW, <laughs> ever. But um, so Macho Man... That was he. He held. He was the first guy to like hold a gimmick, even like after the cameras were off. I mean, you hear all the interviews. Oh, he, Thanksgiving dinner with his family. He's still in persona, and yeah. and you know, having just hearing everything about him and just 
he really cut the best promos ever. And on top of cutting great promos, he showed it in the ring. The guy had the physique. He had the endurance. He could do it. He could easily do a 15-minute match and not be not be blown out or nothing. He could really just keep going. And the fact that he just... I really think he put the Intercontinental Championship like on the map. I want to say like people really... That belt, it was okay, but it didn't mean something until he wanted it. When he was chasing it, and won, that's when it was a big deal. I, I felt like he really put that there. And he's done so much. And you, he's putting so many people over... And I just, I was just, I was such a big fan of Macho Man. He's always been like, I guess like to you as Hulk Hogan was, he was like my idol. Like if there's somebody I could be like, it's Macho Man. I want to be this guy. I want to just be like captivated. And I want, you know, I want to walk out with Miss Elizabeth as well. I want to yeah. be this guy. I think everybody would want to do that. Oh, God, right? Of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cream, I mean, dude, I mean, everybody, crop, man. yeah, dude, how many, like, how many creamers, like 15 creamers he pulled yeah. out of nowhere, yep. like, he just cut, and you know that stuff was written by him, like, he didn't discuss it with anybody, Vince McMahon, I think, just let that guy run wild on those promos, and it was great, it was absolute gold, and then, of course, Ravishing Rick Rude, which I'm pretty sure there's not many people who say that's their favorite wrestler, because why would you like Ravishing Rick Rude? <laughs> right. But well, man, the heel, the heel what a him. heel! What a for heel! For all you fat, out of shape, sweat hogs. Exactly. Look what a real man looks and like. And I resemble that kind. Of <laughs> yeah. And so saying, as, as a fat, out of shape. Exactly. So I, you would think I would hate this guy because he envied, like he was so lean. But the audacity! So you can cut a mean promo, you can make fun of fans, but when you start putting the opponent's face on your crotch and butt area. Yeah. You take it to a whole nother level. <laughs> like you paid for that airbrushing to get done. Yeah. Like you really took it up a notch. And how you go? You might be able to pin me. You might beat me, but I still have your face painted on my crotch and butt area. Like that's true. I'm, like he's yep. the ultimate. Talk about intimidation. I mean, yeah, he's, he took it a whole new level. And then talk you know, hitting on Jake the Snake Roberts' wife before, mm. and they didn't even know it was her. Oh, what? A, and then to beat him up right in front of him. Just it was great. And that feud was awesome. So Rick Rude, I thought was a really good technical wrestler. And he put on a lot of great matches. Um, you know, he did great for uh, WWF or WWE now. And he did great for WCW. It was a shame he got injured in the Sting match. Uh, and there's always rumors that he's mad at Sting. It seemed like he never was actually had a feud. But what a horrible incident. That just shows that, you know, at a turn of a switch, anything could happen. But he was a phenomenal wrestler. And it's really a shame because he was making a way back to get back into in-ring action. He, was, he, he missed it. You can tell he did the management. And for the NWO, he did all of that. So it was really hard to see, as a kid to see him like just kind of fan out because I was really young. I just loved him. So of course, when I when I go back and watch the old ones, I'm like, oh, he was such a great wrestler. I love, you know, he had the Rude Awakening, which was a sweet finisher. Yep. You don't see it often. And like I said, he was a good technical wrestler. He put a lot of people over. So he always goes down. Probably my favorite heel and one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And one of the only ones that actually showed up on Raw and WCW on the same night because one was say, taped. He was one of the first ones yep. to kind of like, obviously had like Lex Luger, but I mean, that was one of the first ones where you're going like, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? How is he on my screen right, right. a second ago in commercial? And how did he get so WCW that quickly? Man. He's he comes in all yeah. smug, you know, he's got right. that look still. Yeah, because, you know, he'd tell you, oh, if you were in better shape, you could make it too. Right? <laughs> it, was the, it was the, like I said, another guy who just kept that persona the whole time. Like, I, 
I can't imagine him grocery shopping. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, you're getting whole milk? Yeah, yeah. you would. Yeah. <laughs> you're fat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you shouldn't be eating Cocoa Krispies. Right? Exactly. Yeah, stick him in a the, the giant supermarket like that. Hey, bro, you eat nuts? <laughs> yeah, you would be oh. fat. <laughs> yeah. That's a story. But yeah, go back to Matcha Man, Sensational Sherry. Oh, what say again? Going back to Macho Man, Sensational Sherry when she was his manager. Oh yeah, yeah. And that whole turn feud when when Miss Little Bit jumped over the guardrail and ran down. Yeah, and, and I think at that time you really never seen female like you didn't know what was happening. You're no. Like, Wait, there's this girl just jumping over. Like, what's going on? And back then, without social media, without anything, that really shook everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's happening? Like, somebody save her before she gets hurt. Because Sherry, I mean, you yeah. did not want to go no, against no, her, right. but. I mean, yeah, that was, and that's, like I said, I mean, I, I sadly enough had to relive all this through, like, VHS tapes, mm. so I got, like, you know, about, like, two pixels worth of greatness, but it was it was phenomenal watching it, because <laughs> as a kid, you're just like, oh, it's really happening. Yeah. I think even adults were like, what is this lady doing? You just you yep. didn't know about her, you know? It wasn't like Because she was, like, the average fan, just sitting in, like, like scared, like, yeah. watching yeah, this wasn't and like she had enough. Yeah, this wasn't like you called earthquake down to have a guest match. Like you knew that guy was going to do something. This was like just some average petite girl who just looked upset and looked bothered, and then just hops over and runs. You're like, right? Oh. And oh, they did a, they, the setup for that was phenomenal. And saying earthquake reminds me of earthquake and Dino Santa. Back then, when fans came out of the crowd and went to the ring, you really thought they were fans because like social media wasn't around, like you said, Matt. Now you see, oh, that's the independent restaurant I saw last month. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it was like, man, they just took a bomb from Earthquake. Are you kidding me? A random fan, right? Yeah. And like, or it's like, Sweet Sapphire comes Sweet out. Sweet Sapphire. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. And, and I mean, and now with you know, with having you know athletes joining, you know, MMA fighters, like it happens. You almost sometimes that if you see like a star in the front row, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm imagining something's yeah. probably going to happen here soon. But man, they should just pull a fan like forty rows deep. You get down here, like, and it was. You didn't know, and then you know ends up happening. You know, earthquake or whatever happens. How come that big hillbilly is right, right there with all? Yeah, yeah. I want to force my monster in here. Yeah. I want to dance with hillbilly Jim. Yeah. I want to get mud on me like the Godwins. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so now, Milan, do you have a favorite favorite match? Like uh, now that you're watching and studying. Not really. I will say one of the wrestlers that like I have mostly watched and seen uh, is Paige okay. with WWE. But, like, she's not really my favorite. She's just one of the ones that I was able to, like, see. So, I don't know. Uh, you know, you're actually coming into it a good, at a good time, though, because I think the women's divisions mm-hmm. have never been more prominent and really have never had more athleticism. I mean, you go back, you know, like, obviously, we're talking Miss Elizabeth, and we're talking about you had that gap where you had, like, your Heidi Lee Morgans, you had Medusa, you had all those people that were really athletic, but then it got into the whole kind of almost diva-ish yeah. where, and, and not to say, look, you had Lita and everybody who was really doing it, but now they're back to where I'll tell you, there's some, a lot of really great women's wrestling. The fact that there was women's wrestling main eventing WrestleMania, when were you going to see that? Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah. so that's exciting because you have a bigger roster of female wrestlers than I think than ever, you know, it's anywhere really guys can right. think of. I saw on uh 17 uh women's of wrestling at 10 o'clock at night right. yeah all wrestling on on like on regular tv yeah and you have aew and wwe and i mean yeah they, i mean they really like I said before you know you had the 80s where it really wasn't like we had a bunch of female managers don't wrong and of course they have a little right. stuff here and there 
but there wasn't really that many matches. And if they were, it was the same, like, six girls. And you just kind of got, you know, in and out. And then the 90s came. And it's like, okay, great. We have China. We right. have this phenomenal animal. But who's going to go against China? Yeah. Not a soul. Right. No. And She's beating up guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, literally. So that's not going to happen. Then you have, like, you know, then you fast forward and get to the diva era. Where it's like, you know, yeah, they're having matches. But, Mike, their opening matches or their second matches, they don't last more than five minutes. Right. And it's some disqualification or is that you know Trish Stratus great like phenomenal yeah. no wrong and Lita phenomenal but that's really like we, we were pushing out and we, were, we weren't training them enough and I don't think they were really pushing them like they should have because I've I mean nowadays it opens up like okay well if we have good female wrestlers we're they're main eventing now yeah like we're gonna have good female fans you could have just opened it up so that like husbands and wives can watch wrestling so it's you know like you get a support like my daughter I'm like hey you there is a promising like Move into this. Like, are you going to wrestle for WWE in the future? Well, I mean, you never know. But like, at least you have hope because you can see that it's more than just eight people on a roster. I mean, right. you have like divisions in that now. NXT pushing them as well. So, and I, I just like it's great because having all these great athletes and main main eventing WWE. And I mean, I'm, I mean, we all know it. Like, we watch a women's match, we're like, ah, great, here we go, sloppy wrestling. Could be like now. It's like, well, let's see what happens here. Yep. And it really has changed, like, changed the whole entire era. So you did get into it at a good time. And as yeah. a father of myself, I don't have a daughter. I have two sons. But you have a daughter. You don't have to worry about now as much as, like, is she, what is she going to be doing to embarrass or something like that that you live on TV that you have to worry about now. Yeah, because that's the last thing I want to do is, like, oh, hey, and your daughter's going to be wrestling in Mudrat. Yeah. No, no, we're not doing No, no. we're not doing that. She's like, not debuting in that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, I want to see, like, and that's why that's only why I would bring some, you know, I have, so you have two sons. I have four daughters. Wow. Yeah, all four girls. It's it is uh, and no gray hair. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> I cover it up well. Nice. Let me tell you. Right now. Um, that's why I wrestle. Right. right. Give frustrations. Out. Yes. No. Um, so it is great to see that they are building it bigger for for women. And that's that's really important for everything because it's just it just builds the fandom and it gets more people interested in a sport that I think is definitely on the uphill like climb. We we had some dark times there for a little bit. I mean, late like early two thousands. So it's more rough. so because. Like, as a woman, you, you, you see this person walk on walk onto a ring, and you're like, oh, my God, she's fragile. Yeah. Right. And you, you have this image of, like, oh, she's going to get hurt. But then, man, you see some of these things. Then they wail, can, man. Yeah, they go at it, and you see them off top, top belt, and you do everything. It's crazy. So it's <laughs> it definitely opens the world up for them, and I'm, re- I'm really happy it's happening now. Like Mickey James versus Trish Stratus. Yeah. That WrestleMania match, wow. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Vita, Trish. Lita so Trish, I, I really wish it would have like built that feud up more because I think Lita was a phenomenal wrestler. I think she was she was pretty tactical and she knew what she was doing. And Trish was very strong. I mean, you look at her, you're like, oh, this blonde hair girl, beautiful. But man, Lita has some strength to her. Lita, mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, Trish has some strength. Yeah. She could absolutely hold her weight in there. And then I just really feel bad for the like. I feel like China was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. If she was in today's era, she would have been skyrocketing up. Right. Right. So, so let's little back. Um, when you were looking for schools to train at, what were your top three? So I mean, honestly, like I said, not knowing much of the indie circuit in this area, I've heard of WWA, I've heard of SWO, I didn't know the histories of much of them. So um, when I heard about this SWO thing, I really wasn't like I, I joke around saying, "Oh, I had to do it," but I really didn't know how I was going to feel because I know I heard the warnings like, "Oh, well, some places have some attitudes, and you got to watch this, and the locker room could be you know toxic of this and that." So it was, you know, I, I didn't really have a decision of where I wanted to go, more or less just 
what felt comfortable. So when I saw SWO and I had the opportunity, I got to see the little back locker room before I was anybody. I mean, I'm just a guy who brought in an alligator, so they, they don't have to be nice. To, like they don't have to be nice to me. They don't care. Like exactly. I'm not a wrestler. Yeah, I'm yeah. not one of them yet. Like I didn't. I didn't. You know, pay my dues. But when you have people like Sage from Dog Nation having a 15 minute conversation before he mains a main events a, a, a match, it's pretty awesome because he doesn't even know who I am. He's just talked to me about wrestling, and like my my knowledge and his knowledge are completely different. You know, he knows way more. He's forgotten more than I know. <laughs> so for the fact that he takes his time while lacing up his boots to talk to just some guy was awesome. And the fact that they, you know, allowed me back there and just to listen in and see everything, it really wasn't a, a much of a choice. I mean, SWO was the one I wanted to go with. And um, and I really, I haven't regretted it since. I mean, I've only been there, I'm going on three months now. And uh, I mean, they're, they've been great. They, I, I have... You know, everyone that I train with, I get I train with Tom Mitchell a lot, uh, Trace Parker, Ken Ken Andrews is my is my like my main trainer. He's the guy who, and I tell you what, that man knows everything I could think of. If I have a question, he has an answer. He or he already answered before I even asked it. <laughs> so you know, and he just he really does like he cares about wrestling deeply. You could tell, and it's like. I just every time I'm there, I'm like, man, I just don't want to. It's not that I don't want to make, make him angry because he's mad at me. I just want him to show him that, hey, I'm very serious about this, and I, I take it serious because he's, you know, he's got to train these guys constantly in and out. And you know how wrestling is. You're there, then you're gone. People leave and go all the time. And he takes the time. He shows up. He spends time teaching me the basics that he's taught a thousand times to a thousand other wrestlers. So in my head, I'm like, oh, I just want to make this quicker for you. So let me try, you know, without messing up. And he he is, you know. He doesn't, you know, he won't yell at you, he won't be angry at you, you've messed up. He just tells you, hey, you're wrong, do it the right way, show you the right way, and go. So, I, I mean, I respect him, like, completely, and having what fan just the chance to meet a legend like him. Who lives the old school gimmick. You, you go to a wrestling <laughs> show, you know you don't mess with him. Yeah, I mean, dude, that, that's another guy, he just lives it, you know, day, day in and day out. And he's constantly on the road. We're driving the rings up to places. We're setting them up. You know, he's probably set up and torn down this year alone. He probably did it about five times. I swear. He's mm. this guy. Just he lives it, lives and breathes wrestling, and it's awesome because you know having different ages of people and different experiences show you different things. It really opens up your own style because you know there's six uh, sixteen ways to put an arm ring on, and there's sixteen other styles to do it. You gotta find your right one. So it's nice to have bunch of different styles shown at you so you know which one fits you or put your own twist on it right so it's really nice to have somebody like wolfman and someone like ken and someone like tom mitchell and someone like trace parker and you know and list goes on and on because they're always there these guys show up every thursday and i mean we normally have like five or six people training and they don't have to be there they just choose to be there right so it's really cool to see that opening i mean and these guys they they take so much time out of their day for for just you know, no reason. They're not getting paid to do that. You know, they're they're really getting paid as indie wrestlers as it is. So it's it's all just a lot of respect towards the art and the craft of wrestling. And I mean, I, I can't thank them enough. Every night I tell them, hey, thank you guys for taking your time. Sorry if I messed up. I'll do better next week. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, so they're you know just a big shout out, and big thank you to SW as a whole because everyone there so far has been nothing but great. Definitely. And talk a bit about that first bump and how has your sports background helped you? Oh my God! I don't know if it's helped or hurt me with the okay. sports background because I'm so used to being, like I said, stiff. 
uh, 12 years of football. Right. I just, I didn't, like, when I was, you know, when I was younger, growing up, I always be stiff, be reactive, you know, be strong all times. And, you know, when I was training bodybuilding, stiff, flex, hold, you know, all this stuff. And I get to wrestling, like, you are too stiff. You are, you're like rock, like you're concrete. I need you to loosen up. I mean, like, Ken just tells you, like, hey, man, you were like, he will start wiggling you around and you've got to be loose. And it's so hard to train your body to think, hey, I got to do this. And then the bumps, I mean, I, before I even do the bumps, just the rolls, just front rolls and shoulder rolls. Man, as an adult, you're not used to doing that. No. You're not used to tumbling <laughs> around like a five-year-old. Yeah, right. I do my first roll. I get up. I'm seeing spots. I'm like, they go, oh, you know, wide stance. I'm like, yeah. I'm just trying not to fall right now. Yeah, having my son choke <laughs> me out, that's enough for me. Yeah, I'm like, geez. So, you know, you got you just, just just before you even do a bump, you're doing rolls to warm up. And the first couple of weeks, I'm like, oh, man, just trying to catch my balance. Of course, it gets better. It gets easier. And then the bump. So, you know, you start off easy. You start off with, like. You know, they show you the bumps. They give you like a, they they bring out a little pad for you the first time because they're nice. And then maybe they don't like me anymore, so they throw away the pad. They go, oh, that doesn't exist. You're done. You're not using a pad. And so I mean, face bumps great because you can see it. Right. Butt bump, butt bumps. I'm a little weary because you fall sitting down, but yeah. But the back bump, that's the one. You're never trained enough to fall on your back. So the first one, of course, it was terrible. It was late. I went down sideways, tried to catch myself. Right. Felt like. Oh, this is awful. Two weeks go by, I'm still in my head, blah, blah, blah. So finally, I just, you know, you, you just stop worrying about it because you know if they can do it and they're fine, just listen. Throw your hips, don't hesitate, and you're good. So now actually I have a problem with throwing myself too far back. I ended up like launching myself. I need to go down. Right. Now, I had all these problems. I had all these issues because I'm like 29 years old and I don't like, I'm not used to it. My daughter here on the other hand who has done competition cheerleading and gymnastics you know for so many years i take her out on uh friday while we're sitting there i'm like well let's see you do a bump let's see you do some rolls as her dad i'm like she doesn't need a pad i'm giving her that pad i'm like and you know wolfman's like hey we gave you a pad i'm like oh yeah sorry maybe yeah. Yeah. but she had a, she had a down pat in four 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 attempts not once did she try to catch herself perfect each time i'm like well, okay. Great practice, Dad, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah you do yeah, fantastic. So when you're young, you're still indestructible. It's when you, you know, when you flip your age right now, then you're going to start to feel it. But yeah. it's like, uh, you know, that's the thing. I mean, when you're young, that's the best time to start because you don't wake up going, oh, my gosh, I'll never yeah. walk again. It, it's just on their head. I don't know, but right. I'll tell you what, I mean. No, she, it's some, It's that youth. Yeah, she. I mean, arms tucked the whole time, yeah. never attempted to catch herself. She just sold it. Every single bump, and then yeah, right. right? Yeah. Seriously, and then of course, if that was if that wasn't enough, they had to do some shoulder rolls, and right on point, right on cue. I'm like, okay, great, awesome, you're done, you can get out of here now. Definitely. So I mean, I don't know, she might. Thank God they can't let her wrestle until she's 18, because she'd be in the ring before I am. I guarantee it. I'm still trying to work on the basics, but you know, you learn, you get it. You know, just a couple weeks ago, I started running ropes and. I thought that was fun and great, and then I realized 40 minutes of running ropes hurts. Right. And the next day, you're, you're gliding, not running. That's what I learned. Yeah, you're gliding. Yep. See, they do a right fun. Th yeah. Right, 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 right through that uh, that yeah. rope. Yeah. And they do a th th fun thing when they just have people lay down in front of you. You gotta just jump over and go. So have fun. Just blow yourself out, and you're done. <laughs> Definitely. So, what do you hope to get out of this business? While um, we wrap up. Honestly, I just want to see. Um, I just want to meet some good people. Have an experience that I'm able to, you know, be proud of and just be like, hey, I did it. I, I, I was able to be a part of something I watched as a kid and fan, like fantasized about. 
It's just, you know, I'm not looking to, you know, I'm not looking to become a WWE wrestler. I'm not looking for that. Like, I'm looking just to get, try my best at something at my age, do my best, give a good product to people, have people, you know, either cheer or boo for me. I hope boo, man. Do I want to be a heel? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. Fingers crossed. Oh, definitely. But I really just want to get a good experience out with my fans, uh, my future fans, of course, not now. Uh, my wife not, might not even root for me for all I know, but <laughs> I really just—I just, just want to be. Yeah, I just want to—I just want to give a good product to people and just ha- hopefully make people happy and entertain. And I really look to my daughter, you know, excel and have fun with it too. And hopefully, I can watch her during her journey. So that's about it for Definitely. me. Well, we look forward to watching both of your journeys, and you're welcome to come up here anytime you guys want. We'd love to have you guys up here. And uh, yeah, guys, remember, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkerRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Thanks, guys. Completely dead!